Yeah, and, and I think that's quite key as well that you've got to be able to have that right balance between content and performance because I, I know working in theatre and also doing speeches as well, maybe not to 5,000 people or 2,000 people, but to those people that, that have performed or done a speech too, it's, I, I used to find it quite difficult because sometimes I, I would just focus on the content so much that it, my performance would be hindered and mm -hmm. you know people lose interest and then you know some i'll give you an example when i was doing a, a short script that i'd written it was a monologue and i was doing it in front of the, the crawley horth crowd which is seats up to maybe 700 people at the most but there were about 400 people sitting there i, I was stood there and this is the third time that i'd done it but there were people that there were just Looks a couple of people were on their phones as if they didn't care. So I tried to engage, you know, engage them by just looking at them and focusing my gaze towards them. But it just did it, it. It didn't work for some reason. But that is that is where the performance was. I was losing the performance side of things and I was focusing on the content to try and get people to listen to what I was saying and no I, I completely agree you know it depends on who your audience is because if your audience loves a lot of you know loves performances and likes some content here and there then yeah great or it could be the complete opposite so you know it's just just leading on to to my next question as well and you've hit on this point, um, I think, throughout this so far. But just, just your your thoughts on your thoughts on public speaking as a whole. What does it look like to you, and what do you think it should be? So, as I had said, I think public speaking. Um, it, it depends on the event, what people are going there for. So if you are doing a speech at an event um, where the people are paying to go and hear insights about something, um, then you need to you need to understand that they've given up their time and their money. Yes. Now they both want to be informed and entertained mm. because that you know they, they can be informed, but as you've just said, if they are bored, they're actually not going to take anything in. Okay. So you have to keep their attention. I mean, I am, um, uh, I don't know, I'm sure that I'd, uh, I might have told you, I'd done a, an infographic where um, somebody had asked me before, what are my top tips for aspiring public speakers? Mm. And, and so I've, I've done this whole blog post and, and put down my tips and, and I start with saying, you have seven seconds to capture somebody's attention yeah. when you're public speaking. And if you don't, they're going to be on their mobile phone and they're going to be writing in a notebook or they're going to be on their iPad or on their laptop, whatever. You have to capture their attention in those seven seconds. So so what I think that public speaking um, is, it's, it's communication and there are key points of communication and those key points of communication 
doesn't matter whether it's public speaking or marketing and advertising or or um, preparing something to talk to your staff or whatever. Mm. And the key things are the first thing is you have to understand who is this for? Yeah. What is what is your audience? Who what's the audience composition? You've got to understand who that audience is. Are they a highly technical audience? Are they looking for numbers and statistics? Are they a very creative audience? Are they looking for inspiration? Are they a blend of the two? So therefore, how are you going to blend your content and your delivery yeah. to get both of them? The next thing that you've got, got to consider is what do you want them to know? So what is the content going to be? What are the key things? And and people do not sit there and write down every single thing that you say. Mm. So just remember that the amount of content that you give them needs to be proportionate to the amount of time that you're talking. If you're talking for 15 minutes, yep. don't try and cram in 10 or 20 different key points of information, you're just going to bombard them. They're not going to have time to get it to sink in. But if you're speaking for um, 30 to 40, maybe 45 minutes, then they could probably handle, you know, um, eight to 10 key things, but they're probably going to forget a lot of those. So make sure that your three key things come at the end. Yeah. So that's what you want them to know. You've also got to think of how do you want them to feel? So how do you, do you want them to feel inspired? Do you want to, them to feel that they've walked away um, where they've got value because you've transferred them some knowledge? Do you want them to feel fearful about something? Do you want them to be scared? Do you want them to be happy? What emotion do you want them to have? Um, and then finally, what do you want them to do? So when they walk out of your session, what do you want them to do? Now, a, to me, a successful public speaker will have taken all of those things into consideration, such that I'll walk out thinking to myself, I know that person wanted to me to be inspired about the future, let's just say, and I know that they wanted me to know these three or four key things, and I am now going to call up this person, I'm going to tell that person, and I'm going to start doing this thing. Yeah. I was listening to one of my favorite speakers last week. We were at um, uh, at the same uh, um, event in Brussels, and he actually got up there and spoke naked for 30 minutes. He did a 30-minute keynote, and it was my favorite keynote of the day. And he imparted so much knowledge in that 30 minutes. I, I, you know, I, I write down, I make bullet points. And I came away with about 10 bullet points in that 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I came out of there just feeling, wow, I didn't know any of this stuff. He's told me something net new. Um, I'm really buoyed up about this. And I know three people that I need to tell about the stuff that I've just heard because I know that they need to take some action on this. Now, that to me is the sign of a really good public speaker and he is really really good yeah. um so so that that to me is what a public speaking needs to be about now if you dial that back and you take it from so i'm putting that's my intention of what i think public speaking needs to be at a big event yeah. the same principles apply when you're giving a presentation in a business yeah. you know why is everybody 
are so hung up about using boring uh, bullet points mm -hmm. on on uh, PowerPoint slides. Yeah. But again, there's time and place for the boring bullet points on PowerPoint slides. If you are giving training or you are taking people through a process or you have to give them some key statistics, then there might only be one way of doing that, and that is putting it up in front of them. Mm. My, me personally, I would always, even when I was still in the corporate world, I would have a handout with the key statistics on all written out in a Word document. Right. I would use the meeting time, not all of it, but I would use the meeting time to contextualize mm. the things in the Word document, and I would only give the Word document out at the end. Mm. So I would rather have a shorter presentation to get people going, man, we've really got to read this Word document now. We know what it's all about. And it yeah. could have been about the, I, I could have done a one hour long boring PowerPoint presentation in front of everybody and yeah. read out every single bullet one at a time and um, written out in 10 point font on yeah. company standard. I could have done that. Yeah. But I chose never ever to do that. I would say to people, you've come here to this meeting for these statistics. Let me just tell you why these statistics are so important and what we should be doing about it. Yeah. I'll provide the context and now I'll go, right, here's your homework. It is this readout. It contains all the stuff. I, would, I could have used up an hour of your time, but I've only used up 15 minutes of your time. Now you know why it's so mm. important to go and read this stuff. And um, so I think. The whole principle of what a public speaker should be, you can apply that within all the communication that you do, within any context. Yeah. To me, a public speaker should be a great communicator. Yeah. And learning that art, it's, a, it, it's an art, it's a skill. It can be developed, can be nourished. Yeah. Certainly, if you go back to my English teacher, she knew that it was something that could be nurtured over time. It's a skill that could be taught and it could be, anybody can develop it. You can get over whatever hurdles you have. You know, yeah. you can go for coaching and mentoring and that kind of thing. Um, and there are people that can help you to get over any of these hurdles and just be a better presenter. Don't boring presentations. Life's too short for boring presentations. And I completely agree. And, and you know, in, I find it that People who do, you know, what you've just said, do reading through the bullet point notes, you know, and not making it interesting. Because sometimes, you know, if you let's say you go you go for a new job and you're you're going through the the various list of things that you have to do, and of course it is all boring. But if it was done in an exciting way, if there was a manager who who I had who you know gave me that information and it's like, yeah, this is this, and these are the key things you need to know. This is the rest of the information. Like as you said, afterwards, giving the information that you need to look at, then yeah, yeah that that would have helped uh, a heap. Okay, it, uh, you know, it, it makes it more fun as well. As you said, life is too short. And just hitting back on the uh, when we spoke earlier during the day, you were talking about maybe let let's say somebody who is starting out in that managerial position. And they've they've got that energy inside of them, and they, you know, they 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 do these training sessions or speeches to their staff or employees. But then further down the line, they start to lose that touch, and and become more boring. Just to clarify that point that you made earlier during the day, because that that was something that I, was, I really wanted to, you know, it was really interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, I, that, that, I think that, so, so I'm going to um, I just, just uh, voice an opinion about sure. large corporate organizations, sure. particularly large corporate organizations that have got a long history, because I mean, uh, uh, Google is a large corporate organization that doesn't necessarily work in this way. Yeah. Um, what I what I often see is that people get hired into places fresh out of university or maybe it's their second job, whatever, and they're full of enthusiasm and they give these great presentations and they're confident always. And then as they rise up the managerial ranks, they get more serious and they get more boring. Mm. It's like the company bludgeons this template into them and says, you have to use the company PowerPoint template and it always right. has to have a title slide and you always have to have this information first and this kind of thing. And the people sort of slowly, the longer that they're there, the more terrible their presentations become. Right. Because the company just sort of bludgeons all of that creativity out of them. And and they, they sort of get into this, well, that that's, you know, it's not my fault. The company says I've got to do this. Mm. And they accept it. And and to me, they really shouldn't. I mean, I'm you know, it's a it's a podcast, people can't see me. I'm an old bugger in my fifties with grey hair. I have never accepted um, the, the, the company standard of giving boring presentations. Yeah. Sure, I've given boring presentations with PowerPoint bullets on them before. Um, quite often they've been quite irreverent, the PowerPoint bullets. Um, but, but I've always managed to weave the story in to within the, 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 the constraints of what the company will allow. And you've got to learn to change it up. And you've got, you know, um, one of the things that, that people often also don't realize is the way when you move up the ranks, communication changes mm. as well. And the way that you communicate changes. When you get to present right up at board level, yeah. let me tell you that what the board level people are used to seeing is absolutely boring PowerPoint presentations. Right. So you walk in there with something. So I've, I've done this before, and, and the first time that I did it, um, this is when the CEO jumped up and he said, you've got to do more of this, a lot more of this. <laughs> um, I, I went in there, and every single slide, we'll call it a slide, every single image that I put up on screen, I didn't have any words, not one single word. They had been sitting in the meeting room, seeing statistics, seeing graphs, yeah. seeing lots of bullet points. I walked in there, I spoke to them about statistics, I spoke to them about the impact of things that we're having, I quantified them, I gave them the numbers verbally, but the imagery behind me were things that they were waiting for the next slide to see what the next image would be. Yeah. And it was short, punchy. Um, as a matter of fact, I had uh, um, the, the, I'd been called into there and been given a 20-minute slot and just a few minutes in uh, to my presentation. Uh, I'd been going for about five or ten minutes and and the CEO turned around and he said, sorry, I've just had an urgent email through that we really need to discuss right now. Right. You have five minutes to wrap up. 
And I went, okay, fine. And I wrapped up, I wrapped up in three, actually. He appreciated giving the extra two minutes. But the whole thing was because I wasn't constrained to 35 slides, mm. each with 10-point career bullet points on, and I was only using pictures. I could stop wherever the hell I wanted to. Yeah. I could say whatever I wanted to. It was related to the pictures. I could skip forward as fast as I wanted to. I didn't need people to read the things. And also, no matter what anybody says, multitasking is a myth. You want to try and experiment, switch on the news, and read the ticker. Focus on reading the ticker at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Do it for a minute, and then tell somebody what the presenter was saying while you were reading that ticker. Oh boy. I can tell <laughs> okay. you now, you cannot do it. No. Humans can't multitask. They can time slice very, yeah. very uh, uh, quickly. And what usually happens is that you read a couple of words of the ticker, you listen to the presenter, you read a couple of words of the ticker, you listen to and you jump backwards and forwards. But actually, you miss bits of both. Right. So the minute you do a presentation, and it has lots of words, yeah. I'll tell you what happens is that the minute you put up a new slide, everybody stops listening to you while they skim read the slide. Mm. Then they've made up in their mind, this is boring or this is interesting. And then if all that you're doing is repeating what's on the slide, they now know the trick. He puts up the next slide, I skim read it, then I get onto my email on my laptop or on my phone, and I browse around, I have a look at Twitter, and I wait for him to change the slide. The next time he changes the slide, I look up and I skim read it again. Yeah. That is absolutely what happens. And when, as you go up the ranks, yes, you will have places where people want to know what does the sales graph look like, what does the numbers look like, or whatever. I tell you now, get in there, tell them a short story to contextualize, give them a handout, and say, would you now like to discuss these numbers? Yeah. Or you know, but if you're being called into a meeting to 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 uh, um, discuss something like this contextualize tell the story about what the numbers are saying yeah. don't just put up there and say sales increase by 20 percent year on year over here and you've just put up a chart that shows sales have increased year on year yeah. if you're putting up a chart that says sales have increased 20 percent year on year don't say that say how that was achieved or yeah. say what that means you know we've now got to increase our workforce or or oh it was due to these fantastic hires that we had and we broke into this new market and look sales increased by 20 percent you only give the punchline at the end of the story but yeah. you don't put up a chart and they go as you can see from this pie chart sales in the northern territory increased 20 percent from no come on mm. man. so learning the art of communication can substantially help the way that you get people around you to feel and act. Yeah. If you think about what I had said in terms of, of, you know, what do you want them to know? How do you want them to feel? What do you want them to do? Yeah. And if you consider that over and over and over again and learn how to tailor your delivery and your content, yeah. it will make you a better communicator across everything. And sure, if you then want to go and do some public speaking, you well prepared to go and do the public speaking as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Andrew, I, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I'm, I've, I've been on a journey and I, it sounds it sounds cliche, like a, like a, <clears throat> a public speaking spiritual journey as if you're you're on top of the mountain and I'm taking a big old hike with the 
listeners behind me and we're going to come on we're going to go to the top of that mountain and we're going to take some advice and we ask you three questions right we, we've got three questions only and you say Tarif what is on your mind and then you hit it with all this great stuff this this is this is yeah I think for people particularly in the professional space you know this is the sort of thing that they want to hear that they should feel confident and, and rejuvenated with this with this advice and, and all these stories that you know that, that you've mentioned of your experiences as well this for people who are listening now my fish or, or my dog that, that i don't have that doesn't exist or my grandmother who's at, <laughs> at home watching uh, asian tv channels and doesn't really care about what's going on around her <laughs> if, if you're listening and and you want to become a public speaker but but i'm being serious if, if you're in that space in that professional space and you want to change the way you speak in public not improve change there's a key difference improve there's a slight movement but change a radical change to become that public speaker that you want to be take on these tips and advice from andrew i mean i swear to god these sort of things here i don't think you know a lot of public speakers will tell you in such detail with stories so be so you know you're quite fortunate whoever's listening you're very very fortunate and uh, you know I, I really really appreciate you going through in much detail as you have today you know to to discuss those points so so andrew you know just just some final thoughts that, that i wanted to to get from you you know do you, do you have any sort of final thoughts or, that you want to share or, or you know let the listeners hear about so, so okay this this might sound a little bit crazy but there's a couple of things that that i come across with um uh, novice public speakers shall we say so so first timers or maybe they haven't done it. and and these are these are simple practical um physical things so so there are two components to what what most of our speakers call our speaker bag you know mm. and you'll often get people go what's in your bag yeah right? and there's two elements to what's in the bag the first element is all the techie kit you've, you've got to come self-contained so i bring my own clicker i bring every single possible connection uh, connectivity cable i can connect via hdmi or display port or i can connect via vga you name it i can connect it i also bring my presentation on a usb stick and i store it in the cloud so so you name it if 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 i arrive there i'll be able to get them my presentation it won't be my fault if they can't do it so yeah. so you've got techie kit is one part of your uh, of your your bag the other part is is uh shall we say medication it's things like um so many speakers that i come across they'll come there and they've just got off a flight it's been a long-haul flight or whatever and their throat is dry mm. carry throat lozenges they've landed in a foreign country they grabbed a bite to eat last night they've woken up this morning and they have a dicky tummy carry <laughs> bloody diarrhea tablets for crying out loud one that you know works of course the opposite is also true carry constipation tablets as well carry ibuprofen paracetamol nose drops eye drops 
all of these are essential parts that you need to carry with you. Otherwise, you'll find yourself, it's your first outing, you're already nervous as hell. You've got itchy eyes because you've just got off a plane. Your tummy's going, making funny noises that are coming through on your microphone. You're feeling nervous. All of these things add. So, so you've got to you make yourself up a little, your care parcel. And that you make as your little speaker bag. And if you are going to go and do public speaking outside of the organization, just remember what I've just said and keep those things in, you know, throat lozenges, nasal spray, things like that. So that when you arrive, you can self-medicate, remedy yourself just to take any extra stress off you yeah. so that you go, I'm physically fine now and not yet drink loads and loads of water. Here's a big mistake that lots of people do. Have a quick cup of coffee for an adrenaline boost from the caffeine. Yeah. Ca caffeine dries out your vocal cords. The number of speakers that I've seen get up on stage and their mouth just goes dry and their vocal cords seize up and they're then plugging down water and they're wheezing and all of this. There are simple things. You, you, can, you can look at singers, you can look at stage performers. They'll each have their own thing. You know, some of them will have honey or something like that. I'll tell you what, just drink loads of water, hydrate properly, um, eat as healthily as you can beforehand, try and stay away from the dodgy stuff until after you've done your speech. Then experiment all you want with the exotic foods and all that. Um, and just relax, get out there, have fun, and it's it's... Just remember that you are there to, you're taking up the audience's time. Yeah. And public speaking is an exchange of value. They are giving you their time and very often their money as well if you're being paid to do public speaking. Yeah. So they want an exchange of value. They want to feel that you've given them of something of value back. That needs to be both content and delivery so they must walk out of there feeling both enlightened and entertained. And if you can relax and do all of that, then you're a winner. You're on to a great career. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, that's that's just brilliant. Oh man, well I, I tell you this, Andrew. I've 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 had quite 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 a long day. I I, I would say well started starting in the morning doing doing a short film, uh, doing some rehearsals and and then you know trying to deal with the technical stuff to you know to have a conversation with you. Finally getting in the end and getting to the top of that mountain and having you know listened to to the to your words of wisdom. It, it's it's all been worth it. In, at the end of the day, and and I really really appreciate you coming along, and sharing and imparting your knowledge and your experience of public speaking. So you know, and just just to just to say this at the end, um, you know, before before we leave, uh, Andrew, um, you know, I, I you know, can you say uh, you know uh, just just a bit about getting people to you know share their experiences on you know on this podcast really you know open up about their experiences yes uh, i encourage everybody it's quite cathartic and it's actually quite uh, um it's enjoyable when you look back if you are ready and experienced public speaker if you're not an, an experienced public speaker i mean i am uh, i'm i'm still relatively new to this game. I've been ill on the public speaking circuit for 13 years now, and and yet there are public speakers that are 
way more professional than me that have been doing this for 30 years plus this kind of a thing. So we're all on a journey. I'm by no means, I'm very flattered that you're saying that I'm at the top of the, the, the mountain, but uh, there's, yeah, all of us can learn every single day. I'm constantly learning, affecting, trying to improve my, my, my technique. So yeah. any other professional speakers that are out there, um, absolutely come in and share your your knowledge um, with Tahir. I give other people, sorry, so, I just called you Tahir. Tahir. Oh, Tahir. Oh, oh, hey, hey Tahir. Oh, yeah, Tahir is going to be coming. Uh, I mean, Tariq's coming next week. Uh, he's, yeah. I'm taking over for, for the day. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. I'm keeping that in. Come and speak to Tarif, um, share your experiences with everybody, no matter where you are. If you are an ex aspiring public speaker, if you haven't done any public speaking before, come also, come onto the podcast yeah. and share your aspirations and your goals. Um, tell people what you would like to tell people about, some, some serious bombing out that you've done, or yeah. maybe you've had some early wins, or maybe you've just got some aspirations and you'd like to ask for some advice or whatever, um, then then come and share uh, your, your goal, your dreams, that kind of a thing. And, and if you've made it and they're ready, come and share that with everybody. Give uh, there's, there's enough space for all of us on stage. Give lots of other people some encouragement to help them. Great. And I really appreciate that. And also for yourself as well. I mean, you know, initially this, this started, you know, by messaging on LinkedIn and there was, you know, you know, we, we had a consultation um, session between us, you know, so, you know, go away, fire away, talk about your, your consultation and what you do as well for people as well. So I, I'm very simple. Um, what I do every day is horizon scanning for technology trends, changes in technology trends. So, so that's what I do as a day job. How I earn my money is by doing keynotes and workshops. And my keynotes are, they fall in two separate categories. The one is what to be more innovative with. So it's the, it's the, um, the trends themselves, it's typical trends keynote. Then the other type of keynote that I do is a how. It's a how to be more innovative in your organization. I've spent over 30 years um, leading, driving, participating in innovation activities. So I have a vast amount of experience and I'm still learning every day by sharing everything that I know. I very much believe and share what you know learn what you don't. So I get involved with startups, I mentor and that kind of a thing. Um, and so the, the how to be more innovative is both a keynote, which is a very unique keynote where I draw parallels between the process of innovation and the process of alcohol distillation in the hillbilly moonshine still. You're welcome to hit me up if you want to know more about that. Um, and then I have a whole lot of workshops around that. I run innovation, full day innovation masterclass workshops where I teach people the 
um, the process of horizon scanning and, and then clustering that information into what I call TIPS, technologies, innovations, patents and startups, and then how to apply those, how to do futuring scenarios, and then how to map those on an innovation radar to be able to figure out where to focus your efforts next. So anybody want to know more about innovation, either what to be more innovative with or how to be more innovative, visit my website at andrewforster.com. And I don't know whether you can put links in your yeah, podcast sure. or the comments underneath it's andrewforster.com or otherwise just Google me. It's Andrew and then Forster spelled V O R S T E R. If you just Google Andrew Forster, I generally come up on the first page. Yeah. Great, great stuff. Well, Andrew, and for the people who have been listening, or the one person, maybe just me and, and Andrew, who are going to listen to this afterwards. <laughs> it may well be. <laughs> it may well be, but hey, that is a podcast, and that is how you start it. Cha-ching. Be your, your own audience. Uh, I, I really, really, again, appreciate you coming on and sharing everything about yourself and your experience. So, Andrew... Enjoy the rest of your evening, and I, I, I look forward to, to having many more conversations with you in the future as well, and and seeing seeing where seeing where we go from there. But thank you so much for for You're coming welcome. on today to TSP, and for those of you guys, enjoy your evening, and it is TSP out. Good night.